Welcome to The Last Detail, a thoroughly considered side quest. In this show, we chat with a distinguished guest about a single object that is meaningful to them. We dive deep into that object, discussing the design, the manufacturing process, the good, the bad, and everything in between. After all, good design is thorough, down to the last detail. Today's guest is Alex Cox, the host of many beloved podcasts, including Do By Friday, Roboism, and Two-Headed Girl. Their object is the Game Boy Color. Well, Alex, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited. Yeah, so we like to start by, if you wouldn't mind, just... Uh, introducing the object you've chosen and why you have chosen that object. I have chosen the original Game Boy Color. Not the original Game Boy, because <laughs> when you talked about this project initially, I, I I, think I invited myself on by saying, <laughs> I want to do the Game Boy Color. And uh, one of you asked, oh, so the Game Boy? I'm like, no, no, no. The Game Boy Color. Specific. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yeah>. Yes, yes. <laughs> Now, but do you have a specific color in mind when you say that, like, of the, like, hard case? I mean, we might get to the reasons for this uh, when we <laughs> have, talk about some design principles, but I am oh, a nice. big fan of the atomic purple, which is uh, uh-huh. the see-through case, which, yeah. you know, very reminiscent of the original iMac, but in right. purple. Yeah, it was yeah. the it was the late 90s after all, so that had <laughs> yes. to be offered. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I was, I was so happy that you chose this because because I, I never owned a Game Boy Color, but I, it holds a very special place in my heart in that I can pinpoint it along with a the Sony mini disc player, which is oh. also something I did not oh, own. Man. As these were my first two tech obsessions. Like this is the beginning of like being interested in technology and and being interested in consumer electronics and things like this. They both this is like nineteen ninety-eight era. I was in eighth grade. Randomly I was living in France at the time. And I think I was like needing to latch onto something that like felt American. Uh uh, or just like felt kind of like home in some way, and so it was at the Game so Boy Color, the Japanese, yeah, yeah. But anyways, uh, it was I, you know I was like buying you know magazines and you know cutting out the this was like these were my two first like tech upset. This was the beginning. This is the origin story, and I never ended up owning either of them, but. Uh, I was so I was pleased that you chose this uh, so we can chat about it. Yeah, I also never. I th- I must have played a Game Boy quite a bit at some point, but I never owned one either. It's so weird. I don't know why, because I definitely had like a Super Nintendo and was like in like subscribed to like Nintendo Power and like was <laughs> in like obsessed with that world. But I don't know why I didn't have a Game Boy either. And then I I think Dan and I both completely missed the DS mm-hmm. world because mm-hmm. we were. I think just in the age where we were either just like out of high school or something and when the DS came and so it was just like I'm off my radar completely and so yeah I never have had like a a actual relationship with like a handheld game thing 
Yeah, um, we were talking briefly before we started recording how someone's experience with video games varies drastically <laughs> just based on their age of like either going to high school and like video games not being cool anymore or going to college <laughs> and video games being cool but too expensive. And uh, the Game Boy Color released in America, at, at least in 19... 19- no, it, it released everywhere in, in 1998. So I was uh, in like fourth... I was eight, so I was probably in like fourth grade, third grade? Mm. I'm, I'm not sure. So it was very much like uh it's still seen as a toy and i was all in for, for sure yeah like, <laughs> that's like was... a perfect age mm-hmm. yeah definitely to be completely obsessed yeah i have like an, an eight an almost eight year old and he would he doesn't have that or any video games but he would be completely obsessed <laughs> like it's just like so easy to be like oh yeah you'd be completely obsessed with that yeah, it's uh, it, it's to me the Game Boy though is so interesting because it's so totemic of an object. It's like, I, like, and I actually when we you know when I knew you were gonna do this, I spent a lot more time looking at the Game Boy Color and realized that it actually strays quite a bit from like I think the the kind of totemic quality of the Game Boy. But I, why is it that the Game Boy is like? I feel like I know the Game Boy really well, even though I didn't never owned one, because it's just how is it so impossibly iconic? It's it's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I would say that it is just the, the the vast difference between the original Game Boy and the Game Boy Color actually started with the Game Boy uh, Pocket. Are you mm-hmm. familiar with uh-huh. that? Yeah, it, it, yeah, and and. You know, they Nintendo started to realize, like, oh, this is a, a to- this is a toy, and like they realized with the NES from the NA- NES to the SNES, maybe we shouldn't have like super harsh corners on our devices <laughs> if we want yeah. <laughs> people playing for hours and hours and hours, or maybe we should make things. Maybe not necessarily bigger, but we should space things a little bit differently. So as our customers get older, they it can, you know, just conform to their hands and be a bit more ergonomic. And mm. at the time, it was, you know, we we were talking about like the, the 90s and the uh, aesthetic of the see-through plastic mm-hmm. and not just I, i'm talking about design as if as if i knew all of this as an eight, eight year old <laughs> but it, so much of consumer tech i remember um was so round and friendly and you know that i don't think that necessarily started with the game boy color but it really like felt it still felt like a toy but it felt also like an object that didn't seem out of place on a desk or a table. I never remember my parents saying, uh, put the Game Boy... Well, they said, put the Game Boy away, as in stop playing it and do homework, but mm-hmm. never, you know, have it out of out of place of being a, a gross object or something right. yeah, like yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. like fit in. Well, I'm I'm leery of getting into the design stuff. We're gonna jump the gun into the design. First, I want to know, like, so why why did you 
pick the Game Boy Color, Alex? Like, what? Like, why is it dear to your heart? I assume it is, but like, what? <laughs> like, why? Like, what's the? I mean, it it was really the first piece of tech that was mine, and. Mm-hmm. I had shared a Game Boy Pocket with my brothers and, you know, we we each had our own Pokemon cartridges, but we had to (laughs) actually share the the system. And so when I got my, I remember it so vividly, um, my mom had somehow gotten a Game Boy Color the day that they were released on Best Buy, at Best Buy, and I didn't know that this was happening. And she came out, it was before school, and I don't, I still don't know if I've ever been happier. Maybe (laughs) at at the the, the time I got my first iPhone, but but, uh, holding it in my hand, I I mean, I had, you know, already held a Game Boy for hours and hours and hours, but seeing the difference in the screen Mm -hmm. and, you know, not see having that like um, green looking uh, Mm -hmm. thing and and just seeing it wasn't even necessarily it wasn't like a super higher resolution, but that color made it feel so much more playful. But beyond that, the the way that the back curved it into your hand as Mm -hmm. if like it's kind of got like a a hump on the the bottom and (laughs) even as a kid i was like this is something special this is something that is meant to be mine it is meant to be someone's this isn't an appliance necessarily this is a like a, i mean it was like a kid's pda basically <laughs> i mean eventually there would be like software like that but yeah. um i i think it was one of my first points of agency as well mm-hmm. because the first game i played uh for for it or the first like breakout game was Pokemon Crystal which also had a see-through cartridge you mm-hmm. would put oh. into play and it was the first time you c- could play as a girl or a boy and mm-hmm. being able to pick that was mind blowing <laughs> and i i don't know there there was just something about being eight and having options in the world that uh-huh. was a novelty at the time. Well, I think you even said it when you just said that it's like the first one that felt like it was mine. And and I mean, it's, it seems like, especially because it is a personal, it's like a personal game that you put in your hands, or you can put in your pocket or backpack or whatever, like that it is interesting. It, it would make complete, it makes complete sense to me that people would form like, different attachments to them it's not like you said it's not an appliance it's like this it's like a pda like you said it's like a thing that you have and that you would you know i guess people put like stickers on their on their like on their consoles but that feels different you know it's like plugged into a tv or something so it it is interesting uh how much more personal like a game boy can be and it became even more personal because the game boy color was the first console to really explode in terms of uh, both first party and third party a- accessories mm. like be- 
because, you know, it, it was designed pretty with like cheaper components so that there was that mass market appeal and it could be yeah. cheaper. Uh, there was no backlight, of course. And mm-hmm. uh, people ha- I almost picked the worm, what's known as the worm light as my oh. object. <laughs> See, I'm seeing this. I searched uh, yep. Game Boy Color Accessories on Google Images. I see this worm light. Yep, yep. <laughs> and there were there was also, um, you know, you could slap on uh, these other modular type things such as speakers or a magnifying glass <laughs> to make it appear better uh, or, you know, diff- different things that made the buttons feel good. Very, very much like how iPhone accessories uh-huh. are now, mm-hmm. but uh, also like the iPhone, some of the accessories made the product worse, but it mm. still <laughs> felt yeah. like yours even more when you had different accessories. Interesting. Yeah. And I, I wonder how much the color, I mean, I know that there was different colors of Game Boys, but I wonder how much just the color, did it, do you remember if it came out with multiple colors out of the gate or was it only that kind of clear one? It, I think I saw this on Wikipedia, actually. I believe the atomic purple and regular purple were the two launch options. Whoa, and what, then, what a choice. Yes. Yeah, and, yes. Then, uh, and then the colors came a little bit later, which uh, I can... It was like teal, yellow... Alex, help me out here. Uh, green. Oh, oh kiwi green. Oh, I'm looking at him. Oh, it's actually... Yellow, green, blue. The, oh, so the, uh, the Game Boy Color logo gives it away like the, oh. the colors of the logo mm-hmm. or the colors mm-hmm. they offered uh, so yeah it's like a kind of maroonish red the purple kiwi lime i think they called it yellow and then this Very teal nice yeah <laughs> i also loved the the names uh, of the the colors versus <laughs> the game boy pockets red blue uh, there was a couple mm-hmm. ones that was like blue ice or something like that mm-hmm. but those mm-hmm. were usually just released in japan which is why it's often hard to track what the colors are and what they were named because uh-huh. so many releases were uh, Japan only or Europe only um, and that also created a sense of envy as mm-hmm. a <laughs> lot of kids sl- slowly trickled online and saw each other's Game Boy it's like oh man that's awesome and then there were things like the Tommy Hilfinger ed- edition which uh-huh. I, my brother had for some reason <laughs> I, was, yeah yeah um, <laughs> And the way that I I know I keep going on about like the, the different editions and, and stuff like that, but uh, you know, un, unlike a lot of uh, uh, TV consoles at the time, there was a slow rollout of not just different colors but uh they did eventually sort of adjust how the back felt and that would go on uh, throughout the entire game boy line of like you know the d the game boy 3ds uh xl which was a big version or 3d uh the 3ds mini or the 2ds and i but I, i i don't know i just think with the that initial game boy color it was one of the first times at least in america we saw something that, like, even though there were all of these different uh, styles, it was still a, I know it's a used uh, used comparison, but, like, it was still a bottle of Coke. Everyone was uh, drinking the same thing. You couldn't Mm -hmm. get, like, a better, faster uh, Game Boy. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But now... Yeah, I mean, this whole, like, accessory culture that seems to... I didn't was unaware of this, 
this whole like accessory col- culture and I'm sure cases and all that stuff, it is such a close parallel to phones. I don't know. It's, it is, a, uh, yeah, I wonder if it was like kind of one of the first, do you, do we know, when, when did the mini disc come out and like Walkmans come out? Do we? Well, I don't, I don't you mean know. mini disc Walkmans or tape Walkmans? Well, I mean, yeah, like a, like a mini disc Walkman. Let's see. I mean, yeah, it was like late nineties. Probably, I mean, probably mid nineties introduced. But I remember I was lusting after it in nineteen ninety eight. Is when they were like probably at near the peak or the early stages of the peak of like this is a thing, and then CDRs became a thing, and they yeah. and they went away. It's just so interesting. Yeah, this whole it's it, it must be that this is kind of like the start of this kind of accessory device culture that mm. maybe is fading. I don't know. It could be fading at this point, but it is interesting to kind of think of of this uh Game Boy in that context and how that's a huge difference between the original Game Boy and the Game Boy Color. Because when you look at the original Game Boy, you're right. It looks like 80s computer design uh like pretty geometric like kind of kind of interesting like iconic looking for sure but like definitely just kind of more like an appliance like and then the jump to the game boy color really it feels like a jump mm-hmm. having that sharp edge on the bottom uh like left hand corner uh-huh. of <laughs> the game boy even it was even worse on the game boy pocket it it's just was ju- it would jut into your hand very much like the mm-hmm. original nes controller that i didn't uh-huh. i i was too young to like play typically play with those but God, it, it was so <laughs> uncomfortable, and the so, buttons just felt wrong on the original Game Boy. Not not wrong because I had nothing to compare it to, but going back to that, uh, you know, seeing and feeling the slanted buttons at the bottom, it felt, you know, like this is oh. something to be looked at like a toy and, and used. sure used, but you know, yeah. it, it's more for the look. So you mm-hmm. felt that, like, at the time or later, you have felt that ergonomic difference of that oh, corner. Yeah. and the, Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm literally holding a Game Boy Pocket and uh, a Game Boy Color right now <laughs> and fidgeting <laughs> with it because it's still, oh, man, these buttons hold up so well. It's, God, that's shocking. Yeah, that is, <laughs> I mean, that is the one thing I wanted to try to find more info on, but I, I couldn't. But just the design of the of the buttons just like the mechanical design of the buttons it's just it's amazing that they you can design something that still like works great like still just mm-hmm. after like how many presses just like right. keeps going <laughs> keeps working and it's like mm-hmm. thrown around and like obviously you know that's kind of old hat by now with video game controllers but it must have felt so good even with the original game boy to just nail that and may- maybe it wasn't nailed. Maybe it took a couple versions that I don't know about for them to really nail it. But it just seems like they got that figured out, you know, and it's just. Yeah. And it's interesting in a modern context where I'm guessing, you know, when they were making the original Nintendo or whatever, they didn't know that, you know, in 2022, there would be speedrunners and the like and Twitch streamers that like desire yeah. original hardware, you know, in good condition that, you know, performs well still. And that that's actually a thing that is, you know, you can find because these things are kind of like tanks in a way they do. Uh, they if, if taken care of, they can last. Um, that's pretty 
amazing actually for like a, a what's essentially a technology based thing that they make new systems and it's always kind of getting outdated over time but they still have this long tail of of use in, in certain like niches absolutely there's such a huge market for modded Game Boys now mm, uh-huh. because uh, the I mean there there are products like the Analog Pocket which allows you to play original Game Boy and Game Boy Advance cartridges and that oh god it's it's gorgeous I'm still I ordered one and I'm waiting it's going to come in like 2028 because so many <laughs> people want it but the uh, uh, there's just you know it, it's huge on TikTok and uh, Instagram and the uh, sorry I mean the uh, just the modding of original Game Boys and is are, are, huge is it specific it, would you say that the modding of the original Game Boy is the most pop like popular of that world it seems like the game boy pocket is mostly because it is the easy like there of all of the game boys though that was like the 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 most that were made and Mm. uh, it's easier to make a mold for it i believe but this is all through you know reddit threads and Uh speculation Uh and stuff like that um because having that i I mean you guys know, know better than than me but like having that uh mold just like having the um the bump in the back that was like mm-hmm. the only thing that i remember some people breaking like the uh battery uh, the the battery uh-huh. holster would like fall out since it mm. wasn't a flat it, it wasn't flat like the other mm-hmm. game boys but i mean they, they all have such an iconic design that if looking at it at first glance you might not even be able to tell so I'm I'm curious why, and obviously we'd just be guessing, but there's two things that kind of puzzle me. One is, I wonder why when they switched from the Game Boy original to the Game Boy Pocket, they took away, they kept one, you know, the bottom right corner curved, like in a big radius, but they mm-hmm. took away the diagonal, like, slits for the grill, which, you know, I can understand, but then why on the color did they... I mean, I, I guess it's just ergonomic reasons, but it seems like such a shame to take away the asymmetry of that bottom corner because it, it's like such an iconic thing. Like I could draw, a sh- like if I just do a rounded rect with one corner bigger than the other, two diagonal circle buttons and a square, it's like, oh, people are like, that's a Game Boy. You know, it's like there's mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. so iconic about that asymmetry at the bottom. And I'm just, I'm just I wonder why they, they kept it with the grill but then the corner is not asymmetric on the Game Boy Color. And I don't know. I just wonder I, why. And I just mm-hmm. I couldn't find anything. I looked around the internet trying to figure out like any design mm-hmm. stuff. But I think it's just too old. And none of that stuff exists for... Mm-hmm. It's t- so hard to find. And e- then like even third or fourth hand s- sources yeah. are sometimes in Japanese. And yeah, it's and like, like, oh, eh. well... <laughs> There's speculation about the the speaker being round. Uh, like, I, I'm like, wait, aren't all speakers yeah, round? They have to be round? Yeah. What? So, hmm. uh, who who knows? And the I I else when I think about it, like I, I agree. I think it is a much more. I just just having those uh, four, five. Uh, oh yeah, like five slits. Um, it does look more 80s, and I. Th- 
think mm. maybe as Nintendo was trying to be a bit more Americanized yeah. and, and, and just like soft and cuddly because, you know, Pokemon had come out on the Game Boy and that became their biggest... It, it outsold Tetris. So they started to like really lean into the cuddliness yeah. of it with Pokemon yeah, yeah. and Mario and Kirby, which started the primary on the colors Game Boy. too. Yeah. The primary mm-hmm. col- so let's see, did primary colors just come in for Nintendo? Was it the Game Boy colors? That was the first primary colors. I'm trying to think the um, SNES had gray and maroon or purple. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the, I know that, GameCube had primary colors, and the in, no the N sixty four had primary buttons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think, but it, yeah, I think you're right. It was the first. Well, uh, the Game Boy Pocket. I, yeah, it's, oh, I do not remember. Yeah, it's just I don't know. It's, it's oh, so and so in the N sixty four ninety six. So this is all in a big schmear of like mm-hmm. timing in terms of this kind of like playful color. But obviously with mm-hmm. the N sixty four, it was like all gray except for. The little buttons on it were like primary colors. Just real quick, this is a side note, but that's so amazing to me that these devices eventually collided. Like, look at, so you said Nintendo 64 is 96. This Game Boy Color uh, came out two years later, but just compare, you know, the graphics of a Nintendo 64 versus the Game Boy Color. Mm -hmm. Like, there's obviously a huge gulf still between those two. But then now look at the Nintendo Switch, and it's like the handheld and the console are now just one thing. Like, it's you would have blown my mind if, you know, 25 (laughs) years ago, you were like, those two things are going to merge eventually. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Low-hanging fruit. Yeah. Yeah. But what's interesting is the, you know, original N64 was such a boring gray blob but by the time the Game Boy Color came out they had already started making similar like more colorful and 64 oh yeah they had the clear ones right the Mm -hmm. same like Mm -hmm. bondy blue like clear yeah yeah which uh so when I was looking doing some research for this show uh apparently I was trying to figure out like okay what came first the chicken or the egg in terms of that clear plastic because obviously the like g3 mac imac is the huge everyone remembers that right Mm -hmm. uh and then i looked and i found on wikipedia there's apparently a thing called the clear craze (laughs) in the late in the early late 90s which was basically the 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 progenitor of all this is like clear pepsi and like caffeine free like light (gasps) diet beverages yeah yeah so it's like this idea that like things are fat free and like light and pure like uh, one of the big things is like light beer and ivory soap started happening and then it culminated in the 80s with like clear crystal pepsi clear cola Mm. and then zima like all this stuff (laughs) and they think that is where obviously no one knows but think that's where this industrial design trend of having this kind of honest quote-unquote yeah um because Apple did the clear plastic stuff before the iMac G3 Bondi Blue. They, they had like clear frames on the mm. monitors and mm. some like clear handles or like frosted handles. Yeah. But when they really went for it. And so that that whole design aesthetic, which by the way is coming back right now. It's like <laughs> it has come back. I was in my friend's studio who does like tech reviews and there was this weird object. I was like, what is this weird object? And it was a clear cased battery. Like a big like mm. external battery for devices, but it was like clear and you could see 
hmm. all the electronics inside and stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah. it's coming back. It's like this weird yeah. honesty. Yeah, from a from a product design perspective, if you were to ask me, what do I think is like the originator of this or what is like the earliest example, it would be the corded telephone, you know, like that classic clear plastic phone that everyone had in their room. Uh, I mean, Chuck Klosterman wrote a book called the nineties, uh, a year ago or a couple years ago. And literally that's the front cover is that telephone. <laughs> like it's such a iconic representation of this visual style, at least in product uh-huh. design. So I would oh, guess. And you're talking about the one that looks like very saved by the bell, right? Yes, that's like, yes. it's not just clear, but it's like bright. Yes. Yeah. I never had one of these. And I admit that just, oh, that was something I lusted after. I never had a phone <laughs> awesome. in my, yeah. well, I, I say I never had a phone in my room, but that, iPhone uh, and yeah. oh god this is so saved by the bell oh wow I wanted to say I love any and all see through styles but this is a bit much oh, what ch- I'm looking at this object this clear phone thing and what a like strike like what a move what a strike yeah. thing to do. I, I'm like looking at this thing and it's like the electronics are colored like they yeah. right? like oh there's like gosh. uh and then they whoa this must be whoa i'm looking at this object right here and i can't believe that this is real this can actually be from the 80s the silk screen on the this can't be real the silk screen on the telephone is painted colors no this must be like yeah how mm. does uh, just my like baby g- level of electron understanding of electronics i'm like how in the world did that it looks painted well you just so it's interesting when you uh, it's called solder mask like if you look at like a like for instance on the game boy color the part of the circuit board you see a lot of it's green but then some of it's white Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and if you look on every circuit board, even back to like, you know, the 80s and stuff, like they would have white letters on it, like writing and stuff. And so you can actually, you know, they just made a big silk screen on that circuit board when they were printing it, like to cover it up white. And even though almost all circuit boards are green, they're only green for just convention. Like you can just change the color. Like it's just mm-hmm. a dye that they put on things. So, you know, it's not like a huge change to do that, but some things are really weird. Like, I'm seeing in this original 80s phone, like, it looks like some of the capacitors are colored custom, or they just were very clever about, like, sourcing the right capacitor that was, like, colorful Mm. or something. But Mm -hmm. anyways, what an interesting object. I love this phone. Anyways, uh, (laughs) getting back to Game Boy. But (laughs) it's, yeah, and it's just really, that whole clear aesthetic, it feels just, like, very, like, Y2K, 90s, like, and... I don't know. It's a real. Uh, it's just such a bold move. I, I'm be really curious what what discussions had to happen inside Nintendo for them to go from this obvious, like pretty staid geometric graphic, like industrial design, to be like, let's just go for it. Let's just be yeah. playful. Like let's just yeah. do it. <laughs> I think I think a lot. Also, whenever I see these late '90s, like clear objects that where you're seeing circuit boards and you're seeing electronics uh, to me it doesn't read so much as the the kind of uh high-minded ideal of like honesty where it's like let's show the guts let's reveal mm-hmm. how this thing is made and it's more 
simply like a hacker's aesthetic, basically. When you think of like the matrix and hackers and like the the web is coming, you know, and like email, like an at sign flies across the screen. Like these, (laughs) this aesthetic of like seeing the electronic components. Like, I think it's as simple as that, where it's like people were just into that vibe of like, I'm going to hack into the mainframe as I play my, you know, Game Boy Pocket. Like, I think there's, there's probably a connection there where it's like purely just the late 90s vibe of like let's see technology yeah and i think that was especially true for kids because yeah it's cool to be like yeah i know tech but (laughs) i remember looking at the you you mentioned the circuit board on game boy color like the the at at the bottom left you can sort of what are those called uh capacitors the little um guys that pop out um (laughs) like they're the bottom left like across from the speaker yeah yeah and just seeing how (laughs) like i i was looking at these and i remember looking at my friends back uh, in in the 90s and we compare we're like oh i wonder if mine's better because it looks a little bit straighter or uh, stuff uh like that (laughs) and then i'm looking at you know apple the the i fix it teardowns i was like wow we have come a long way (laughs) (laughs) well it's funny we we have and haven't it's like it really shows care like yeah. when i was looking at the sonos teardowns it's like the same thing we're like on sonos stuff like apple stuff someone has been thoughtful all the way down mm-hmm. but it's funny like they st- i mean by default if you have a pcb made right now it's still that same green yeah. and mm. there's even if you're making like two circuit boards you can still pick like i want black solder mask or i want whatever you can just pick it but for some reason i think people just don't care or don't think that people are ever going to look inside so they just do the defaults but but yeah it's interesting to think about nintendo being like i I, I really wonder if they knew that it was going to be a clear case before they like designed the pcb or if they just (laughs) had the pcb done and everything and they're like uh, we're going to make it clear. And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a panic throw. <laughs> yeah, like, wait, wait, wait. We got to take the. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I'm looking at these um, Nintendo. And it's again, it's hard to tell if this is original Game Boy Color PCB or if it's like a remake. But mm-hmm. they definitely there's some thought in it. You can tell like they've 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 made some design choices. So. Yeah. Know, it's, well, it's... And the first Game Boy Colors were kind of the like, I, I think the sure it was like the impetus of Nintendo's being like re- really colorful. But even it was the only time that they or at least I feel like it was the only console that they released right off the gate with really bold colors. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, uh, the the. Game Boy Advance, they they uh, also had a you know a transparent like like a clear casing and then a you know a dark purple and a dark gray. But then after that, e- even the Switch, uh, all of their consoles were not boring, but really really simple. And now yeah. with the Switch, you know you can. Um, switch out the controllers and uh, there's also a a big aftermarket uh, modding community Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. just you know I I of course have little purple ones just for that nostalgia and it is cool though to see that there is a similar amount of care put into these controllers even though 
there aren't any clear ones design uh, like sold first party by Nintendo. Yeah, I wonder if they learned. A l- I wonder how if they. I bet you they learned some lesson, right? Where yeah. you know they learned the lesson of like, oh, when these are handheld, we can. There's an accessory market here. Like we get people will love these things, and because mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know much about the because I was really out of the. Um, what am I? Can't even think of it. What's the 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 most popular or like the handheld um, Nintendo that was after the Game Boy? The, the DS. DS. Yeah, the DS. Yeah, like mm-hmm. that was really huge, right? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. still their number one. I, I think the Switch is getting close, but that had the longest legs of any Nintendo system too, because mm-hmm. there was back combat compatibility when the 3DS w- was released. So, I mean, mm. even now, oh gosh, it's, uh, I'm c- clearly a Pokemon fan, but y- even now, <laughs> like trying to get DS, uh, original DS games is usually more expensive than just buying a new Pokemon game. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. And do you remember if they came out with if they launched if the DS launched with colors? Because I just oh, I wonder. It was so like, bad. It, it was yeah. It, it was sil- there was a silver one and a blue one, and they they had that like fake metallic finish, but they're plastic uh, obviously. And the the actually the Nintendo DS Lite is one of my favorite. Uh, it was it would have been a close second but the original ds was so ugly and it was Hmm. not i i i think most of the choices were because of the constraints because i can't fathom why they made it i Uh, i I I think it's the least people make bad things all the time it doesn't make any sense (laughs) i don't know why it's i don't think there's any fathoming it's just it's probably like the guy so apparently uh what's his name i'm gonna have a hard time pronouncing it but it's like gunpei or gunpai yokoi i think yeah i think he's the one that like made the game boy happen basically inside nintendo and he let we retired i think after it and so it could be as simple as that where there was someone in nintendo that was very influential that was like pushing for you know some taste or had some opinion and then it just fell apart because i am looking at these original nintendo ds's and they are not good looking yeah, <laughs> they're they like they are like fun. fidgety you know yeah yeah, yeah. Um, one thing that i think is interesting to talk about and alex you had mentioned this when you first uh, got your Game Boy Color and the way it felt in your hand and the kind of ergonomics of it and the way the back was rounded and so it wasn't this rectilinear form anymore. There, It had this... Uh, it felt personal because of how it felt. And I think there's this really interesting tension in the design of a portable gaming system between just the ergonomics of it and the portability of it or the size of it and you're always you know you're wanting as we know with like the progress of technology you're wanting to make things you know smaller but when you're talking about a controller smaller is not necessarily better so i think it's so like if you look at the history of all of their portable gaming systems from the original game boy all the way up to the switch there's so many uh things that you could say are successful and not successful and i just i find it a fascinating tension there because you can't like 
the um the play date uh you know is is basically a um you know the panic for folks that i mean i'm sure all the listeners know like the panic play date this new cool if not uh, shame on you yeah, shame well, on no, you if, if you not know. you have a fun <laughs> excursion ahead to finding out about yeah, their games yeah. and hardware right but it is it's essentially you know like a small it, it's almost like if you were to make a game boy like as small as possible and i'm sure it's fine to play and in short stints but i and I don't think anyone's arguing like it's as comfortable as like a pro, you know, controller or a PlayStation controller or something. So it's actually it's interesting to me that they've never made a Game Boy that it like looks like that looks like a PlayStation controller with like a screen glommed on top of it. Like they're essentially all some form of a rectangle. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. it's it just it's just fascinating to me, like the, the decisions that go into how far can we pull this back? to make this small uh, pocketable thing, but still be playable for long stretches where you, you know, your hand's not going to cramp up and die. So well, I don't know. I just think that's an interesting and a fashion accessory, right? right. I mean, it's like, it can, I, I think it can't look too weird because people it's like, they're sitting on a subway playing it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like mm-hmm. part of your fashion. And so it's like a third axis of the like weird tension of like, wait a minute. Yeah. And it's it's interesting also the transition from vertical to horizontal. And uh, Nintendo's actually kind of flipped back and forth a few times where obviously with Game Boy, yeah. it, was a, mm-hmm. it was a vertical device. And then I think the Game Boy Advance was probably the first like horizontal one. And then with some of the flip screen ones, they kind of went back to uh, vertical. And I feel like now with kind of the Switch and how games are now, you know, in the 16 by 9 ratio, like we're probably pretty much settled on... Uh, these devices yeah. being horizontal. And I think with that, then you can, if you look at things like, well, the switch to a degree, but not really, but also like things like the steam deck and stuff like there, there actually is a little bit more meat on those controllers to where you can start to feel like, okay, this is actually somewhat of a comfortable thing to hold on to. Um, so yeah, I, I just think the whole evolution is, is pretty fascinating. I kind of think of the evolution of, I mean, with the, with the switch, this is sort of like a new paradigm, but right. it felt a lot. Uh, it, it felt really similar to the development of and the design trends of mobile fo- phones. Mm-hmm. And even now, as I hold this stupid 14 Pro, I have opinions <laughs> about the iPhone 14 Pro in that it is too heavy and um, mm. my hands are just, I, it's, I I think they've gotten too big. But, but yeah. the, and that's what I um, also really like about the Game Boy Color, which is somehow smaller than a regular iPhone 14 Pro. Uh, the, oh my gosh, really? Yep. Yep, a ma- yeah, a Mac, a fourteen Pro Max, or nope, nope, regular. What? Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's three I, I know. by five. <laughs> it's. Whoa. I mean, I, yeah. It's like yes, yes. There's the camera. There's all that. But like, come on. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but um, like I, I can put both of these objects down on a table, and one of them, it 
solidly lands. I don't have any hesitation of putting it down, despite it being much older and probably much easier to break. And then the other one I put down like a the piece of glass it is with like, oh, don't don't damage the lens. Uh, oh, no. Uh, which is always something that I loved about um, all of Nintendo's products, really. Yeah. Yeah. They they know. They know who's who has them in their hands. I'm mm-hmm. looking now, looking at these photos of like a Game Boy Color next to a Switch controller, and it is shockingly smaller than <laughs> yeah. Switch controller. Obviously, the screens, you know, but it is. I mean, and obviously, this is like made mostly for kid hands and all that stuff. But it's it's just, yeah. It I did not know how small that object is. It makes it really feel so much more pocketable. Because, you yeah. know, like the, the original Game Boy, it's like, yeah, you could put that in your pocket, but like, it's a real chunk. Yeah. But yeah, this Game Boy Color is like, yeah. Really small. Yeah, I had no idea. That's amazing. I had no idea it was actually that small. That's cool. Um, Tom, you had mentioned the screen. I had a shocking experience. So I had never, as I mentioned, I I never owned the Game Boy Color, but the Game Boy Advance was my first Game Boy that I ever owned. And similar to the Game Boy Color, it does not have a backlit screen. And mm-hmm. boy, have we been spoiled by, uh, you know, modern screen technology and modern phones. I yeah. had, I happened to recently find it uh, like stored away in a box and I was like, Oh, I'm going to turn this on uh, and show my son. Like, I bet he'll be, he'll think this is pretty cool. And I was shocked by how bad the screen is. Like I would, the word I would use is unplayable. Like I can't believe mm-hmm. I actually, <laughs> I actually like spent so many hours playing this thing. Like I could not see anything. It was so damn, the room was perfectly well lit. Like I, I felt like there was enough light, but Man, I, I just how far we've progressed in that category is just it is shocking. Uh, so I thought that was pretty that was pretty amazing, actually. Sometimes too much light was the problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like uh, there there were some games that took there there was like a little IR sensor and it took advantage of you know you needed to be in the sun to charge up a creature or something but mm. you couldn't actually play because yeah, it yeah. when you're in the so sun <laughs> and that that I I uh, went outside to play with my playdate actually and checked out the the I actually have a newer supposedly um not not newer but a Game Boy Color that um was wasn't used as much as mine was and it still is just brutal and (laughs) well there's no backlight on the game boy is there a backlight? no 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 no. yeah yeah Yeah. and gosh hat uh, a million hats off to panic as usual for making as something that isn't backlit just gorgeous and uh, not only playable but readable it's fantastic yeah yeah yeah, that's probably, I mean, that's got to be like the peak of like a non, like a grayscale non-backlit screen. Like that's, yeah, that's probably the finest example of, because the the analog pocket thing you had mentioned, that is a backlit screen, right? Like, yes. It, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that would be a pretty, I could see. Yeah, this this product totally makes sense to me. Is like you have a library of games, but you don't want to suffer through actually playing it on an original, like non backlit. Like that's 
That's yeah. a pretty cool. Yeah. No yeah. fun. It's no fun. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I still, I, it's so hard for me to separate nostalgia from objectively looking at things, but it just seems that Nintendo in general does a good job of trying to focus on qual- some level of quality in this like crazy consumer electronics space. Like, like they seem to like the things hold up and they, they somehow have some kind of iconic status and, it seems like, in general, like Nintendo does a like a great job. I mean, it is goofy. Like the things they make are goofy looking. They're like not like you can tell like PlayStation, like Sony's trying to be all like slick and whatever, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yet you still have the Switch there that's like pretty playful and geometric and like, and so I I appreciate that Nintendo is continuing to fly that flag. And if you look, I mean, I would say that the Switch fits in right well with like. All of basically all of like Nintendo's consoles or game controllers or, and so that's awesome. That's like awesome that they're continuing to somehow pull that off. Mm-hmm. They um, still sell first party Game Boy uh, or I'm sorry GameCube controllers because they're just so <laughs> beloved and mm. people play like competitive Super Smash Brothers and oh they, they have a different end or is it it's not on a like what are they plugging it? into. They're USB-C. just using oh, like a Bluetooth one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. This yeah, the or I believe there's a. I I could be wrong, but I could almost swear I used one. Yeah, I'm, wireless. I'm not sure, but there uh there are plenty of third party ones that vary in quality. But that's another like aftermarket thing of who is has the best um you know who who's got the best buttons that uh, mimic yeah. the click in the right way and it's it's yeah, just it's like a it's fun like keyboards thing. it's like all the yeah yes like, exactly mm-hmm. oh yeah no you can buy a 50 dollars gamecube wireless controller for the switch or whatever like a first party one. yeah there mm-hmm. it is i found yeah yeah, yeah. i'm like and i it, have one am i imagining this no. like, and it's just ugh. and it's just awesome they just like kept it i mean it's obviously a nostalgia play but honestly, it w- still like works in some weird. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to tell. Maybe my mind has just been like captured by GameCube aesthetic, and so I still think it works, even though it doesn't. But there is just something. Uh, I don't know. There's, it just works. Like they somehow have hit it. So yeah, good, good job, Nintendo. Yeah, Keeps I think it's al- flying. I think it's also interesting, like how many. It's so clear how willing they are they're not a tepid company like they're willing to try things and have them fail spectacularly i mean obviously they don't want them to fail but they're they still manage to soldier on so like for you know things like the virtual boy or um you know or they'll try zany things like the game boy camera and the game boy printer and things like like these accessories but i don't know if those were like financial successes or not but it seems like they're willing to to like have fun like that's that one of the key i guess uh uh, Mm -hmm. attributes of the brand is like we're gonna do things that we think are fun and they might not work but we're just gonna keep trying them and and hopefully have more hits than misses yeah, the the Wii U. I mean, right, famously, right. it was just yeah. oh, yeah. there were so many fun games, but wow, that was a, a disaster. I think that was that that was like their um, you know, prey Apple moment mm-hmm. where uh-huh. uh, people were really worried, like, oh, are they gonna s- just sell stuff off? But no, they kept on kept, uh, keeping on with all of their f- yeah, and that, fun yeah, and weird you know stuff. what, the Wii U is the most uninspired looking. Nintendo console I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I mean, I yep. guess the, I guess this the Wii also is like down that same 
road of just like white and geom- like in like, yeah. you know, kind of neutral. Um, uh, yeah, I want. Okay, but is Nintendo just stuck in the 90s now? H- have they, after like Pos- trying possibly. the Wii and the Wii U, <laughs> and then they're like, oh, we actually have to go back to just like nostalgia industrial design. And so we'll do the Switch like stuck in the 90s. Like, is that actually what's happened? Are they stuck now? And no one will accept anything else because <laughs> i do worry like the switch is kind of i don't want to say basic but uh, there's not much room for innovation in it's in doing handouts. one thing right it's like yeah it's, it's doing I it mean, well but yeah ugh. but it's obviously just riffing off of nostalgia for the you know the from the 90s like the nintendo consoles and stuff from the 90s and it's like can you keep doing that but maybe you can i mean like think about just speaking of panic's play date like that's extremely obviously influenced by retro late 90s industrial design right it's like obviously modern and done and it it executed in a different way but it's like all of the cues or visual cues are taken from that and so it's like i don't know i don't know how to unpack the aesthetic i mean his maybe i i could see in 10 years if nintendo continues to just keep this like late 90s aesthetic on their hardware that they just own that aesthetic mm-hmm. i mean basically. part of it is because there is just you know all of uh, the design choices around games and software that just com- are completely based around the concept of a, a d-pad it- itself yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so yeah. that alone i i wonder if a d-pad is like ever going to go away even even some iphone games this i mean it, they try often like all the original iphone games tried to have some sort of virtual d-pad and uh, i don't want to i i don't want to say it, it, it's easy but it's almost like a a tool at this point of this is a thing you are using to make a certain type of game mm-hmm. well it's funny i uh so we, i i played the switch a little bit or i have a switch i played a little bit with my kids and they there's two options right we have the little like mini you know like nunchuck controllers or um the like a third party little round wreck like bluetooth one with the d-pad mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they only want the d-pad Yep. Mm. Like I don't their little better. thumbs can't deal with the little analog stick thing like they don't like it. Mm. Mm. And th- I, so the D-pad is feels like it's king except until you get like become more advanced. It's like such an obvious thing. Right. And you actually brought something up that I think is very true of the Switch where it it starts to it it almost looks ergonomic, but you after you start using it, it's like oh man, you're really kind of like pinching the the sides, and mm-hmm, it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I I don't know. I really mourn at least the Wii U's controller style of this big. Yeah, it was like unruly and weird, but. I mean, I, I I don't know. I I mourn. Yes, I mourn, I mourn the nostalgia uh, aesthetic of uh, the the weird vibes. But I mostly, uh, on a daily basis, miss the ergonomics. Like mm-hmm. the, 
I never used an iPhone until the iPhone um, 6 and was like, oh, this thing just slips out of my hand. Okay. (laughs) And, you know, the the 7 kind of brought back some of the the jet black. um, Loved it. Brought back some of the tackiness. I'm like, oh, cool. Mm -hmm. This is made to be in your hand. And now there are very few objects I use that, or electronics that I use that are meant even though they are meant to live in your hand, they don't feel like an extension of your body, which mm. sounds yeah. really creepy that I've said <laughs> it out loud, but I, I guess get, that's what I want. <laughs> I think I'm just guessing that all these companies are just privileging uh, fashion more than you know ergonomics. Like they just know that the game is that these things are part of people's identities. And so they need to look slick and cool rather than work well you know i mean like mm-hmm. it, you know obviously like pro game controllers go the other way or like pro mouses you know or mm-hmm. keyboards it's like you can still get things that are like built to work but yeah for the like top tier electronic devices i think it's just too irresistible for them to be like slick you know you're not going to have like a slick reveal video of some like chunky like controller you know what i mean it's like <laughs> look at this slick piece of glass floating through the air and <laughs> when they like... do it's like really crazy like with the when they try to reveal um any sort of headsets i'm like oh that's <laughs> yeah. yay there's that's always like sure a moon rising sexy. over it it's like yeah. is this a planet no no, no it's yeah. headphones like weird headphones <laughs> yep yep <laughs> yeah yeah so i it's uh yeah man but that. I'm curious. I wish I I would be curious to see a documentary on that whole 90s see through phone aesthetic and like where like where that came from and like why it happened and the cultural behind it and then the cultural impact it's having because it's just a really interesting uh, thing. It's just a really interesting thing. Mm-hmm. But I love I love thinking about uh, like Coke's like Crystal Pepsi being involved in this. <laughs> that's of the, so like, funny to me. Oh, G3. that's that's, <laughs> that's, gr- like, that's just wild. <laughs> everything's ice. Everything's clear, yeah. clear and light and ice <laughs> from the Antarctic. I mean, if diet culture gave us the Game Boy Color and the iMac, I yeah. at least we got we one thing from. It. That's right. That's right. That's right. Oh, uh, Dan, should we do the Dieter Rams principles segment thing? Let's do it. Yeah, let's get into it. Um, so, yeah, for listeners that don't know, every episode we like to uh, choose one of Dieter Rams's design principles that we think best uh, exemplifies the uh, chosen product, in this case, the Game Boy Color. So, Alex, if you wanted to go first, what are, what are you thinking? Oh, this is so difficult but i think because of the because of the time and what made it so important was that it is uh it is an understandable uh product like you know exactly what it is for even if like you don't know how to turn it on and even then Mm. quickly there is only one switch on it so it's like okay i guess i do this and it's meant to be held Mm -hmm. so i i I think i i I gotta choose that one 
Makes the product understandable. Yeah, sorry. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No. The, oh, there we go. Number yeah. four yeah. on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's a great one. I, I, so I thought of that too, and I had some hesitation. And the the uh, reason for the hesitation had nothing to do with the uh, the product itself, but the uh, the ecosystem surrounding it. Because I was doing some uh, some research and I was watching some YouTube videos of people, you know, people do little documentaries about the history of the product or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like one of its uh, the chief complaints was confusion about the uh, game library because it basically created this hierarchy where there were original Game Boy games that you could play on the Game Boy Color. Then there were Game Boy Color games that you could play on the Game Boy Color and the original Game Boy. And then there were Game Boy Color only games that could only be played on the Game Boy Color. And it the way they branded it and the way uh, they kind of marketed that and explained that, I think... Uh, I I don't know because I wasn't like I didn't have one of these so I wasn't facing that problem but according to the guy in the YouTube video he was like I'm still confused about like how how they were organizing the game library so I think that would be probably the only tick against that is like by introducing they did a good job by making a new system that was backwards compatible like honestly that's probably one of the amazing features of this product is like your entire game library could still be used on it, but it did create this weird uh, hierarchy of like, well, what games can I actually like, is this game that I buy going to work on my old game boy or whatever? And maybe the guy in the video was like overblowing it, but I thought that was like an interesting observation. He was overblowing it. And I've heard this before because the, all the game boy color cartridges slightly protruded. So I, you could argue there's marketing. There were like marketing issues, like because some people wanted to be like, Oh yeah, this is the cool, more advanced version, mm-hmm. but the physical cartridges themselves Sorry, I haven't listened to the parts of your other podcasts where, <laughs> sorry, where uh, you name the principles of design. But that YouTube guy, I will fight him because uh, okay. <laughs> the cartridges all feel different based yeah. on what it is. And this is actually uh, connects to something I was wanting to mention that I think is really cool is the yes, there is a physical difference in the cartridge shape, especially um comparing an original Game Boy cartridge to a new Game Boy Color one. And original Game Boys, apparently, they had a little notch cut out. And when you mm-hmm. flick the power switch on, a, like a physical peg comes out and locks the cartridge into the system mm-hmm. so you can't yank it out while the system is on. And so the Game Boy Color cartridges do not have that notch. So you could... You could jam a, a Game Boy Color game into an original Game Boy, but you wouldn't be able to actually activate the switch because that little oh, peg wouldn't wouldn't be yeah. able to uh, protrude. So, huh. I, yeah. I thought However, that was... this argument totally stands up for pretty much every other handheld <laughs> Nintendo had after this. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> rest in peace, the different cartridges. Yeah. Um, so I had selected um well i had a few here um gotta pick one dan yeah i think i'll go with uh 
unobtrusive. Uh, and I think that, yeah. And it just like, I think kind of what, uh, what Alex was saying at the beginning where it's like, you could just have it out. You could have it on Mm. a, uh, you know, on a table or whatever. And it's like not in the way it doesn't feel like this eyesore that you're meant to put away. And it's, you know, even though these things are colorful and obviously they're aesthetic, which was something else I was considering, but they, it's meant to do a job, right? Like it's, it's a game system and you're meant to play games on it. And, um, and so yeah, I think it actually is kind of like neutral and restrained. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't have chose this one, but uh, it, it felt uh, it felt right to me. I don't know. What did you pick, Tom? I picked good design as aesthetic, and not that the, not that the Game Boy Color is like this beautiful object, but I think its aesthetic is so important to like just it i mean it's it's almost like the um like the uh, like iphone like apple headphones like the white apple headphones where like you can watch someone playing it and you know like you would know it's a game boy color right from Mm -hmm. especially with like the launch colors and stuff it just Mm -hmm. feels like it is such a move to do that and it's so striking and then beyond the color choices just like I said, obviously it's not the original like Game Boy silhouette, but like you could anytime I feel like you can make an icon of an object like this out of a couple lines and it's almost universally recognized. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is it's such a huge deal. I, to me it's like crazy when that happens. And so I just think that the whole Game Boy line is like so aesthetic. It's like a totem. Mm. And so um I just, and especially the Game Boy Color in particular with its like color choices and like really going for it. Um, it just feels like that is such a, uh, such a part of it, of it as a, as a historical object. So that's what I picked. Cool. Well, uh, I guess that's it. Uh, Alex, do you have any uh, closing thoughts or anything you wanted to mention that you didn't get a chance to? I just hope if we are returning to some of the 90s aesthetic that what comes along with it is the ergonomics of Mm. things in general, Apple. Uh, (laughs) Because I, um, I guess I... It's not that I like curves, but I really like when it feels like an extension of yourself or at least comfortable enough to hold for a a few hours. And most importantly, you can put it on a table without it wobbling. Thoroughly Considered is a joint production between Relay FM and Studio Neat. You can find out more about this episode by going to relay.fm slash tc slash 90.